Welcome to The Catch. A place where people can share their stories of how they were caught to be set free. Where each story points to the big story. The message of the cross. Hey everybody, welcome to The Catch. My name is Cheryl. My name is Ryan, and today we have Jonathan Guest. How you doing, man? I'm good. How about you guys? Hey, we're good. We're good. So you are the head coach at Eagles Landing Christian Academy, is that correct? Yeah, I'm the head football coach here at Eagles Landing Christian Academy. It's a it's a private Christian school in McDonough, Georgia, uh, which is a suburb of Atlanta. We're probably, I don't know, if you did it on the map, we're probably 25 minutes south of Atlanta. Um, came here in 2007 when I was 27 years old as the head coach. They were just looking for somebody that they could pay really, really cheap. Um, and uh, so you can always get a young guy to take the job. And uh and, you know, the Lord has blessed uh, the football program. We've won a lot of games, and, and so I've stayed, you know, and they never fired me. Um, <laughs> so uh, I'm 41 years old, 41 years old now, so I've been the head football coach here for 14 seasons. And, and um, I heard that you've had some really good seasons. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we've had really good seasons, you know, and it's always based upon the players that you have. Um, mm. So we've had really good players, um, had really good coaches. Uh, another part of winning is your administration and their desire to see their sports teams be successful. And so I'm blessed to be a part of a school and church who really believes in excellence in everything, right? Academics, fine mm -hmm. arts, football, sports, all sports. Uh, most, import most importantly, though, spiritually. Um, mm -hmm. So you put all those things together, you just got a great recipe for success, no matter who the coach is. Right. Well, that's awesome. And I know um, that our good friend, Trey, the very first person that we interviewed for the catch, um, recommended you. And so it's just awesome to finally get to meet you because we don't know each other personally, but we just want to thank you because yeah, thank you. Um, you don't know us, but you're willing to share your story with us. So one of the first things that we like to ask is how did you grow up? And if you always were a Jesus follower, um, just how was your upbringing? Yeah, well, you know, I was born into a Christian family. Um, my dad was a pastor, Presbyterian pastor, um, and I grew up in South Carolina. So I grew up in a, in a home where Christ was the center. Um and, you know, God was front and center of our lives. Church was front and center of our lives. And, you know, there's always that fine line of were you actually a believer with saving faith or did you just believe in your head? Yeah. Um, right. So, you know, I don't really know the answer to that question. It's probably something we'll find out in heaven. Um, but I do know that I was a believer, but I was not following Christ in my life. And so I went off to college at the Citadel and I played football there. Um, and and same thing, you know, I, I, I believed in the Lord. I loved the Lord, but I didn't follow him. And um, I did what I wanted to do. And so my actions and, and my my deeds, I guess my heart, my head was with the Lord. My heart was far from him. Mm -hmm. um, and so my story is, is uh, my wife and I got married. We weren't Christians. Um, and she is from the completely different background. Nobody in her family was believers. Um, her parents were divorced and um, broken relationships, all those type of things. The background that she came from, complete opposite of me. And so we got married. So that was a recipe for disaster. Right. Right. <laughs> and um, and so 
but about a year into being married, I was in the Air Force. She had moved to Warner Robins, Georgia. And, and you guys know Warner Robins well. But if you move from Charleston, South Carolina, the mm-hmm. and, and you move to Warner Robins. Yeah, man. That's a life change. <laughs> and so I, I took my wife from, from Charleston, South Carolina to Warner Robins. No spiritual leader whatsoever was I. It was all about myself and trying to become great in the Air Force or whatever. And um, and it was a recipe for disaster. We were within a year almost done, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's when the Lord, I remember driving to the Air Force base one day and the Lord just opened my eyes to my sin, um, my pride, my arrogance. It was all it was all about my sin. And you really don't know what's going on in that moment. All you know, all I knew to do was to repent. And, you know, I went home that day. I was probably 23 years old. I don't know, but or 20, maybe 24 and uh, got on my knees and, and I repented before the Lord. And then, um, you know, and then slowly God uh, has opened up my eyes to, um, you know, loving my wife the right way. Um, and I would say that's a work in progress. Um you know, that I would love her the way that Christ loved the church and love her appropriately. And I think that's probably a crazy thing in my story is um, me and my wife or my wife and I not being married as believers and God having to work through that um, even to this day at, at 41 years of uh, at 41 years old, like my conviction um, is to love my wife the way that Christ loves the church. But I also have the conviction of how I fail. Um, And so how I can do that and make her the center of my life. Um, So it's kind of like this this story, you know, the story of salvation. It's one that unfolds your whole entire life Um, because even after we're saved, we're sinners. Mm -hmm. And and, you know, and God is in the process of sanctification and growing us and shaping us and molding us. Um, and so in my story, um, he's definitely brought me to salvation. He's definitely growing me in Christ, but I still like, I feel like such a little infant at times because I fail and I mess up. And that's a beautiful story of the gospel though. Like he constantly forgives us. He's full of mercy and grace. He's full of forgiveness and we can rest in that his steadfast love. And, and, and we can have hope and trust that he's always working for our good even in our mess. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the beauty of the gospel. I think it's a beautiful scenario that there we were married, not Christians, and that God never gave up on us. And he continues to grow us even at 41 years old. Mm-hmm. So after you kind of made that confession that like you needed help and you needed God, and especially in your marriage, how did your marriage start to change or how did the your relationship with your wife begin to grow spiritually? I think first and foremost, just for me, I think if you're, if your marriage is going to grow um, and, and not, um, and, and you're not going to separate, it's putting God at the center of your marriage. Mm-hmm. And I think from, <laughs> from the beginning, uh, since that, that day that God opened up my eyes to, to him being my savior and me surrendering my life to him, I think that I did put God first um, and then that I was obedient to him. And from that flowed um, 
being faithful to my wife, um, being uh, obedient, not not just in my actions, you know, and not just being faithful in my actions, but in my heart and in my mind. Um, and, and then and so and so we grew in that. And and so the cool part of the story is, is like, you know, my wife and I are going through now a phase where, you know, so so I've been obedient to God. I've been faithful to my wife. I've served her. I've loved her. Uh, and now God is kind of um, hitting more in me on the emotional aspects of it to love her and to cherish her the way Christ loved the church. Because um, I'll be honest with you, for a lot of my life, um, I put I probably put football and football players in front of my wife, um, trying to be successful in front of my wife. And, and that's I don't think I was not a believer. I think I was a Christian. I think I did all the Lord's work. I was passionately pursuing Christ and what God is really um, hitting me home with now, hitting me over the head with now is to passionately pursue Christ as one, one flesh with my wife um, right. and, and not as two separate people who are pursuing Christ, but as one. Um and uh, so I think I think the, the beautiful thing was is when you start talking about your marriage and being faithful, um, the Lord convicted me of many things that would cause a man not to be faithful. The movies that you watch, the, the music that you listen to right there at the beginning, like how am I to be faithful to my wife? How am I to, um, you know, not lust? Things like that. And the Lord showed me like the movies that you watch, the, the, the music that you listen to. It's impossible to keep a pure mind for your wife when you're putting all of this trash into your head. So the Lord really convicted me of those things. And then by my actions to really pursue my wife. And, and so the beautiful thing is now I think the Lord is really working on my heart. And so. Will you become one flesh with your wife? Will you love her the way that Christ loved the church? And, you know, probably on this side of heaven, we never get there. Right. But right. that's what the Lord is really, really um, hammering into me uh, right now. And that's a, that's a part of the spirit. Right. The spirit. Mm -hmm. I can't just do that. I have yeah. to abide in Christ and him open up my heart and get rid of all the selfishness in me because, because, you know, I, I, my selfishness can be like, Oh, my wife needs to serve me as I coach football, you know, like, <laughs> right. man, we, that's just selfishness. And she could be the same way about other things. Um, instead of no, I need to love my wife and, and we be one flesh and we do this together. Um, so, I, you know, so I think that's the beautiful thing of the gospel. Like we, we've never arrived. You know, so 23 mm -hmm. years ago, the Lord opened up my eyes and he saved my marriage. And here I am at 41 years old and he's still growing me in my marriage and my ability to love my wife and therefore um, the people in my family. Mm -hmm. And I just like you said, how you're admitting to that fact that it is a work in progress and you will continue to grow. And if we were to talk with you 20 years from now, 10 years from now, like I'm sure you'd have more to add to the story. And that's just the beautiful part of it. But you're willing to admit now that it will that it's not perfect. Right. You know what I mean? But you still are working at it. Yeah. So yeah. thank you. for being. <laughs> I know. Honest. Right. Thank you for being honest. Yeah, because. Yeah.
Because that marriage, man, it's, uh, you know, it's the most beautiful thing, you know, like I've ever experienced. But it's like if you doing it by yourself, it's a, you know, it can be a recipe for a disaster. But when you put God in the front and y'all are following God, it's definitely worth it. So, And I think that's something that we are striving for more, too, is sometimes as husband and wife, you do your separate devotions or you do your separate time with Jesus. But I think the times that we're together and we're learning together and we're devoting time together yeah. and yeah. praying together. That's when I feel like, yeah, you know yeah. What I mean? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, it's, it's, you know, and I think if we're going to encourage people in Christ, I think people got to understand everybody's struggles. Like yeah. and that, this goes back to the point, like we're sinners. I mean, right. and, and yes, God has saved us and he has redeemed us and we are saved by the blood of Christ and our eternal security is secure in Christ. But as we await Jesus to return or we await glory when we die, we await heaven. We, we are we are still stuck in these sinful bodies mm-hmm. and, and our flesh. And and so we've got to constantly put on Christ Um and there's a lot of danger. I know as a football coach, you know, you get in the football season and it's 5,000 miles an hour. And, mm-hmm. um, and you know, with everything that happened this year um, as a football coach, you know, you go back to June and we have all the social unrest. And, you know, our football mm-hmm. team is, is uh, you know, probably 50% uh, white and black. I mean, it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a great mix, but there's a, there was a lot of dissension and a lot of problems and a lot of issues we had to deal with. And so you're going through all of that, and then you go right into football season. You're dealing with COVID, and you're dealing with parents' fears on COVID. Should we play football? Should we not play football? Should I let my kid go to school? Should I not? Then you're trying to win football games. So here's <laughs> So the danger is you start doing that apart from your wife. Mm. I'm going to handle all these uh, these social issues apart from my wife. I'm going to handle all these COVID issues apart from my wife. I'm going to coach football apart from my wife. And, and so even though we're both Christians and even though we're both pursuing God, we're doing it separately. And God never intended that. He intended us to do it as one flesh. And that doesn't mean there's, I mean, you need to do your separate devotions. Mm-hmm. There's time for that. But there, there has to be those times, many times during the week where we pray together, read God's word together mm-hmm. and, and talk with each other, talk about our struggles with each other. And we allow that other person um, to, to strengthen us in that craziness that we're going through. And so when you compartmentalize your relationships as husband and wife, then what you're going to find is that you separate. And then when you find that you're separated, it doesn't even matter if you're both Christians. I mean, the devil's the first person, the first people that he wants to destroy is husband and wife. Right. And, um, and so it's just being diligent in that um, and, uh, and understand the struggles in that, like, you know, Cause I, cause I, I listen to people speak too, and you think their marriages are perfect. And I'm like, Oh my goodness, this, this man, or you just think their <laughs> lives are perfect. Right. Like, yeah. Right. Um, but that's not, that's not reality. Um, mm. the reality is, is that the enemy's coming after us and he's trying to divide us. He's trying to destroy us personally, just trying to destroy our relationships. And, um, but we have the power of Christ. We have strength in the Lord and we're to abide in him. And we got to make sure as husband and wife that we're abiding in Christ together. Mm-hmm. So 
Um, yeah. So I, yeah, I'm 41. I haven't figured it out. You know? <laughs> uh, but yeah. the beautiful thing is, is, you know, I press on, right? The Apostle right. Paul, you know, I'm not perfect. That's what he says. But I press on for the great hope that, that we have. And Christ will continue to do a great work in us. And um, I was just telling my wife this morning, it was like, you know, Uriah is only eight. So all of our failures, he can't even really remember yet. So, <laughs> so, maybe, so maybe by the time he's 13, 14, and 15, me and you can be this unified front. And all he will know is this perfect little marriage. Right? Right. <laughs> I love the realness. I love yeah, it. yeah, man. I think it's important that people have uh, people that they can talk to and be open mm-hmm. with because um, we all have struggles. Um, and a lot of a lot of time, most most of what we do is hide them and we mm-hmm. put on a fake, you know, like, you know, by, Jesus called the, the Pharisees whitewashed tombs. Right. They look great on the outside, but on the inside, um, right. they weren't and, and they weren't open and free to admit those struggles. And so I think, you know, um, it's important to have those people in your life that you can be real with and that they can speak truth into you, mm-hmm. you know. Um, because, because I think the danger is, is if you try to live a lie, you know? right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Hey, living a lie ain't good, man. <laughs> it ain't good. No, no. It ain't good. Yeah. So coach, how do you use football? I know you're a coach. Uh, how do you use football as a ministry to help, uh, share the gospel with, uh, with your athletes? Yeah. So what we were talking about earlier, when I was in the Air Force, God called me to be a Christian. He opened up my eyes to the truth of the gospel. I grew up loving football, uh, loved it, loved it, loved it. But when you play five years of it at the Citadel, you, you want to get away from it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so um, when he called me and opened up my eyes and, 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 and I became saved, he also put the desire in me to go coach high school football. And um, and so it always was a ministry like football was the means, the tool to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ to the boys that I coach. And so that's what football is for me. It is a tool to preach Christ to the, to the young men that I coach and then also to their families and then any, any other community um, like fans and maybe other coaches that I get to know along the way, but it, it is my ministry, my tool to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so we always talk about three things with the boys. What, what is the three things that I really believe that God has called us to do as men? We want us, he wants us to be faithful husbands, loving and present fathers, and then men who are going to impact the community for Jesus Christ. And so that's what we preach every single day. And we try to coach in a manner that glorifies God. We're going to do everything we possibly can do to win and to be successful. But we're also going to do it with humble hearts. We're also going to be gracious when we lose. Um, we're we're going to try to count ourselves as insignificant. Um, we're going to try to have great relationships with other teams and other coaches um, and root for them along the way. And, and so what does it look like to be a Christian and coach football when at the end of the day, I mean, the objective of football is to win um, right. and to be successful, um, but do it in a way that honors and glorifies Christ. And so we've, we've set up a system and a program um, to where we do that, uh, to where we're preaching to the kids the gospel um, all the time. Um, and, and I think I'm, I'm such a big, you know, the Apostle Paul, once again, he says, imitate me as I imitate Christ. 
I think mm-hmm. the biggest thing that we can do uh, as coaches, as we're using our sport to be a tool to preach Christ is our actions. How do we model Christ? How do my actions model Christ? And can my players imitate me? If they were to imitate me, would they be imitating Christ? Um, and so that's the, that's the goal for me every single day. Yes, to preach Christ. Yes, to see them get saved. But I think more importantly is that they see Christ in me every single day. And right. now I fail. You know, so I don't always do it right. So it um, might be doing drills, huh? <laughs> you know, like, so, I mean, it's, it's, and it's just true. You know, I was, I was sitting there the other day and I was watching a coach just absolutely chew out one of his players on TV. And I was like, I had a flashback of game six when I did the exact same thing to our quarterback. And so I, I was text the quarterback and I was like, man, I apologize. I am so sorry for yelling at you like that. At the time, I really feel like he deserved me to yell at him because he did something in direct disobedience from what I told him to do. But right. I felt guilty. Right. So I, I text him and I apologize. Like, you know, we're done. Like he's a senior. I'm, he never has to play for me again. But listen, mm-hmm. like, Philip, I, I apologize for how I treated you in front of people please forgive me. Um, and I think that's important too. You know, I think that is forgiveness is an asking for forgiveness and, and admitting your failure. I think that is a way we imitate Christ a little bit because he came to forgave, forgive. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, so I think that's critical that we can stand up in front of our team um, and admit our mistakes and our failures and ask for apologies. I do that a lot. I'll go home after practice and I'll be like, same thing. You know, I can't mm-hmm. believe right. I yelled at that kid like that because I lose it sometimes, to be honest with you. And um, but that that's what football is for, for mm-hmm. me. It's this giant ministry specifically to, to teenage boys that are that are about to become men. And, and the goal is that they will go on and be very productive Christians um, and men for the gospel. Used to be a public school teacher, and so being in the public school system, one of the big things that you said was we really just have to make sure that we are abiding in Christ, so that our actions is what's going to really represent yeah. Jesus. So. Yeah, yeah. The the Holy Spirit in us testifies, right? I mean, the power that's in us is the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and yeah, sometimes I'll overflow with words and preach the gospel. But really, my actions and how I love people by loving them through the Holy Spirit and by the power of the Holy Spirit, that speaks too. Um, mm-hmm. And so there's a lot of people out there who are in public school. Um, they're coaching, teaching, just like you were. And, and they asked me, too, how can I be Christ in public school? Well, mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit is in you. And yeah. even though yeah. you can't proclaim the name of Christ in public school, that doesn't mean the Holy Spirit can't like love through you. Mm-hmm. And, right. and I think that is genuine and people know that and people see Christ and they see a difference. And, and I think I think true, too, there's a big difference in the genuineness of the love of Christ. I think a worldly love, like if you just use you know, cheer and coaching, we're always looking, we're loving for an end result. I'll love you if, 
I'll love you if you make an A or if you do your homework or if you score a touchdown or if you help me win. And that's that's a worldly way of loving. Right. Um, we love that way in our marriages. I'll love you if you love me. Um, right. But in Christ, we're just genuinely loving people, expecting nothing in return. And people see the difference in that. And there's a huge difference. You're great. Hey, look, you're a great coach, man. For you to like say that you apologize. Like, no. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I'm like, man, that, that's they do that? Like, is that possible? No. You know, they'll say, ah, oh, man, whatever. You don't have to run the dance, so, you know. No, but, I, need, I need to write my whole entire football team a letter of apology for the drastic <laughs> failure of the last game. I didn't yell at anybody. Yeah. Just, right. I felt like I did a horrible job, you know. Um, right. but, I, but I think that's important, you know, like uh, kids need to see that modeled. And, and I believe this, you know, as, as the man and as the husband, um, at the end of the day, you're going to have to take ownership of the health and well-being of your family. Um, right. And there's going to be times where you have to stand before your family and apologize that I failed and I messed up. Um, and I think there's gonna, obviously you're going to have great times where you really get to be the leader. But, um, I think that's, I think that's good Christian leadership when you can stand up and you can apologize and take ownership of, of your failure. And I think what that does, especially in a football program with teenage boys, if I can own my failure, they'll own their failure. And so right. now we don't have this environment of you're pointing the finger at me. I'm pointing the finger at you. But we have an environment of we all take ownership. And me as the leader, I'll be the first and foremost to take ownership of the failure. And it could be football. It could be X's and O's. Or it could have been, hey, I coached wrong today. I coached in the flesh and not in the spirit. Um, and so if we're going to be people who represent Christ, I think we got to be genuine. And we got to be real and we got to take ownership of us. Um, and, and I know with teenage boys, that does work. You know, when you'll right. own your mistakes and you'll admit your failures and you'll apologize. What it does is it make them it makes them trust you. So it's that Holy Spirit, right? The Holy Spirit is, is in us. And, you know, he who, who could make you apologize anyways? The Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. He can right. you up and makes you apologize or we would never apologize. We would just constantly blame so, um, but yeah, I mean, um, I constantly look at people like Nick Saban, Dabo Sweeney, try to see how they coach. Yeah. I don't know if Nick Saban's ever apologized in his life. <laughs> <laughs> so you see these rings, Hey, you see these rings. I ain't got to apologize to nobody. I'm I Nick Saban. <laughs> But uh, going back to the kids, man, you know, they're smart and they recognize real genuine love. Just being able to have that relationship with those kids, man. And then like they could be old and long gone and they'll still remember your impact on their life. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, I still remember going through practice and talking with coaches and, you know, building those relationships. And, you know, just to have a role model like yourself, just somebody that's in a, a higher position that could still come down and be you know, at their level and say, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm just like you, I'm just older. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? It's like, Hey, I'm older, but you know, I apologize. Like that carries weight, man. That's, that's good. Yeah. That's real good. Here's a cool story. And I think this is a model of how Christ loves us. Cause I, I think sometimes we, um, I know me, you know, cause I'm, I'm a football coach. So I'm, I'm very, 
you got to do A, B, C, D, E, F, and G. And if you do those things and you do the process, we're going to win. But if you don't right. do those things, we're not going to win. So you can easily equate that to your relationship with Christ. Like I got to do A, B, C, D, E, F, and G. And if, and if I do those things, Christ is going to love me and he's going to forgive me and he's going to accept me. But that's not true, right? Like right. we can't do those things. And even if we do those things, there is filthy rags, all of, all that. But we still think that way. So I had this player this year. He he came to us, big old kid. He's like six foot seven, 365 pounds. Ooh. Um, and, and so he, he comes to our school. It's a Christian school, but he's never really heard the gospel. He doesn't know. Um, right. all, but he comes over to our school and he desperately wants to come to our school. Not everybody wants to come to our school. There's rules. You got to wear uniforms. You got He had to get his hair cut, all this type of stuff. Right. And, um, but he wanted to come. And I couldn't really understand why he wanted to come. But one day he told me, he said, I just feel the love over here. So so fast forward, he and I got really close. And um, and I love him dearly. And and I wouldn't tell you that he's saved and that he's that he surrendered his life to Christ, but he is hearing about the Christ every single day. He is he is reading the Bible, like he's he's getting to know the Lord. But probably a month ago, he and I are sitting in the weight room and we're close and like he loves me, he'll tell me that. And um and and of course I tell the kids I love them too. And uh, but we're just sitting there talking. And he, he's basically telling me all of his sins and um, and, and not in a repentful way. <laughs> uh, you know, just like I've done this coach. I've done this coach. I've, and I'm yeah. just sitting there like, I don't know why this kid is telling me. <laughs> and, um, and I really didn't know what to do about it. Right. Because like he's just telling it's like he wanted to confess, but not in a rep- he's not. Right. He, he had to just tell you. Yeah. 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 He just wanted me to know. And it's like he it's almost like he wanted to see how I would react. And I'm just sitting there and I was like, you know, some of the stuff he would say, I'm like, I don't believe that you're lying. You didn't do that. You know? <laughs> and, uh, but he's like, I promise you I did. <laughs> and, uh, and I was like, you know what, man, it doesn't matter. I love you anyways. You shouldn't do those things, blah, blah, blah. And, um, and I went home and I thought, why don't I believe that Christ loves me the same way that I love him? Mm. You know what I mean? Like, right. Because I feel like, you know, sometimes we get caught up in, I uh, we do get caught up in legalism. We do get caught up in obedience. Like I have to obey in order to receive Christ's love. And over here, I'm over here loving this this guy with everything I got you know, and, and true, genuine love. Like I love him. And he's telling me all these bad things about himself and it doesn't phase me. Like, you know, and I'm telling him about Christ and all that kind of stuff, but it doesn't stop my love for him. And it was a great picture for me. I went and asked my preacher, I was like, does Christ love me the same way, the same way that I love him? And it's, it's not even the same way. He loves me more and more perfectly. And And so from that love that we receive from Christ should flow obedience, right? Not trying to obey to um, to 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 receive Christ's love. He already gave it to us. So right. the beautiful thing is, as a coach, my players can teach me and mm-hmm. um, and, and show me uh, the genuineness um, and the faults of my relationship with Christ. And so that's that's a beautiful thing, too, about working with with teenage boys is because they're real. 
they don't hold mm-hmm. anything back. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. One of the last things that we like to ask is if you would like to share just a word of encouragement to our listeners. Yeah. You know, I'll say this. Um, you know, because in this past year for me in my life um, has been a real struggle uh, spiritually. Um, you know, and just with everything that I talked about that, that has gone on. And um, I think this, you know, I was drawing in my uh, devotional. I, I was drawing a man at a cliff and one foot on the cliff, one foot off the cliff. And I'm like, Lord, you got to keep me. you got to hold me right here because I'm about to fall. And, you know, I had told my wife that I needed her to pray for me, um, just spiritual strength, um, stuff like that. And and then it got to the point where stuff happened um, and I wake up one morning and I drew a man and he had fell off the cliff. And but so the man fails, falls off the cliff. That's me. But the <laughs> Lord, like Jesus, um, I drew the name Jesus and he was throwing a rope and he's catching me. Right. And, and, and he pulled me. And, and I think here here's the word of encouragement to everybody is if you're trying to hold yourself by your own power, you're going to fall off the cliff. You can't do it. And the Lord had to show me that you will fall and you will make a mess of everything apart from me. But I will rescue you. You know, so in the moment, I was the hundredth sheep, right? If there's, he has a hundred sheep, go that's law. And I will rescue him just like he did Jonah. Jonah was running and he mm-hmm. sent the whale. And he wasn't going to let Jonah run because he was Christ. Jonah was a son of God. And I think that's the, that's the beauty and the hope of the gospel. No matter if you're on that cliff, no matter if you've fallen off that cliff, run to Jesus. Because he will rescue you. Um, and many of us have been rescued when we didn't even know that we were trying to be rescued. The Lord saved us and he plucked us from the air. Um, right. Just like he did Jonah. So that's my word of encouragement is, is continue to pursue Christ, even if you're on that cliff. Um, because Christ will not let you go. And even if you fall off the cliff, he's coming after you. And it's going to be for your good. Romans 8, 28. God works for the good of all those who love him and are called according to his purposes. Even in our sin, even in our mess, even in our struggles, even in really bad situations in our life, the, the Lord is always working for our good. And we can we can rest in that and we can hope in that. And then we can boldly go forward when the Lord brings us back. Um, and like he told Peter, um, you know, after Peter denied Christ three times, his worst moment, right? He rejected, he rejected God three times in front of everybody. But the Lord said, I've prayed for you. The devil's going to sift you as wheat. I've prayed for you. And um, after you have turned, strengthen the brothers. So in his greatest failure, Peter's greatest failure, his rejecting of God, the almighty God. I don't know if any of us have, have done that. The Lord restored him because he prayed for him. He restored him. And what was his challenge? Strengthen the brothers. Mm -hmm. The Lord doesn't want you to stop because you failed. The Lord wants you to grow stronger because you failed in Christ. So that's my word of encouragement. Well, it's definitely encouraging. I tell Ryan all the time that 
each time we interview someone, we leave this room. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A lot more encouraged. Yeah, a lot more encouraged. Yeah. And when we came in, man, and if nobody else hears it, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like you've, uh, encouraged, you've us, encouraged us. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, hey, I appreciate you guys. And I love what you guys are doing to encourage other people. Probably not enough of that going on. A lot of negative stuff going on in the world. And we hear all the bad. But we gotta right. encourage each other. So I really appreciate what you guys are doing. Oh, we appreciate it. Yeah, we appreciate it. And if you want to know more about Jesus or how to start a relationship with him, we will leave links in the description below for you to click on. We also have our contact information. So if you would like to contact us, you can do that. Thanks for listening. We love you guys. Peace.